can't believe that you haven't seen it Love it so much you really gotta stream it Let me tell you every line right now I can quote the whole thing since I was 12 Maybe your mom told you no She said she wouldn't give you any money to go And that's why Movies we missed Hey, 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 hey! We're back, back, back again. This is Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, and this is my lovely co-host, Jane Aubergine Hammer. Mm. And we are coming in live and in color. And before we get into the gig, I did want to say that if you are obsessed with Jane and you want to, you know, keep an eye on her um, and you haven't, like, installed a Nest camera in her house or anything, uh, you Mm. can keep tabs on the both of us um, if you follow us um, on uh, Facebook and on Instagram at Movies We Missed. You can also find us... Over on Twitter at MWM Chat. So um, we are open and uh, available for any of your positive feedback. Keep that other shit because that's for the birds. Um, but Jane, it is so nice to, to see you. You look great. We we're both we're having a, a, a double denim moment right now. Jane and I are both rocking the, the denim uh, button ups for you guys. Yeah, we're twinning by accident, which is is something that we almost never do, despite True. spending an inordinate amount of time together and <clears throat> both having impeccable style, we don't usually end up dressing alike. So I do feel like, I don't know, like an Olsen twin moment with you or like a dead ringer moment with you. Nice. Um, the movie that we did starring Betty Davis where one twin kills the other. <laughs> and that probably feels more accurate to our um Oh, I was gonna say our to grandmother's house we go. I was gonna oh. say that I'll That is an old a, school Olsen movie. Olsen a, that's like movie. literally the only one that I feel like I remember watching. <laughs> that's like when they or, were babies. Or I was gonna say or you know maybe it takes two or like a New York mm. minute. Well, New York Minute, famously their only um, feat, or their only, the, the only movie they've ever made that's ever debuted in theaters, which... That's not true. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, do, It Takes Two do. was like a huge movie, wasn't it? Oh, was that in theaters? Christy Alley and... Okay, like, you're right. I, was, I don't remember who the guy was. I want to say Steve Gutenberg. I want to say I Steve Gutenberg too, but it just up. feels like that's his era. So, well, I think all we need to do in order to solve this is to do a little. I actually don't um, think I saw New York Minute. I do remember like the the sort of the hubbub around it as a movie in like the early '90s because it was like they're adults it, almost it, now. It is Steve Gutenberg. It's good. Um. It's the goot. Mm-hmm. It's the goot. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I'm happy he got that gig. I mean, I know that I money's know. gone, but it's like, I, of course, people it is. who I really, you know, you love and you just want to know they're doing well. It's like I would all say these celebrities that you, are doing I think, better than me, but. <laughs> I do feel like you love Steve Gutenberg more than a lot of people. And I think that's great. I support that. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that. But no, I, I do. I guess I would say that I wish the best for him, but I just don't think about him probably. No, he's great. Police Academy, you know, in mm-hmm. the name of Police Academy, um, a mo- another movie. There's another movie that I'm going to make you watch one day that he starred in. There's a mm. lot of real, really, uh, really good doozies. Um, but he's one of those actors. There are certain actors that for some reason, like, if I see them get, like, you know, a Fox Family show, 
mm. or like you know I see like a straight like a like a, a red box DVD of them and I'm like yes like he's well, one you of know because you know the income you know. is is steady and I can only assume I, I hope that there were really great investments in you know real estate in the in the 80s mm. and 90s but mm-hmm, I also know mm-hmm. you know the, a lot of people back then they really like that booger candy so it could all just you know it's all be a wash at this point but well I, I hope somebody, that Allegedly. I hope that Steve was like playing the market in a smart way. Oh, you know? for sure, stocks and yeah. all that. It's like mm-hmm. that always makes me feel good to see. If I find out, you know, certain people that are just quality <laughs> actors who I haven't seen anything in a while, like have a gig, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. you should. Absolutely. If I find out Absolutely. Judith Light's working, I'm happy. Ju- Judith Light is booked and busy. Ooh, she's good, baby. She's, she's good, and she's, she's an and she is booked and busy. I don't worry about Judith. I don't worry about Judith. I might spend some time worrying about Steve, but you know, because I just I I feel like I haven't. Maybe I'm watching if wrong I things, see, if, but if I haven't I come out, face to face with him. If I find out that Leah Thompson's, you know, taking a taking a her turn at Blanche Dubois on Broadway, I've got mm-hmm. questions. But I'm also really excited to know that like. She got the call. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. So uh, we're just we're gonna have a same. good we're gonna have a good show today where we don't get into too many fights. No, no, not too many fights. I'm not gonna go low. You know, I'm all I'm all I'm all punching up tonight. You know, mm-hmm. like my girl uh, Michelle Obama. Uh, I shouldn't say my girl. I should say my close friend. Um, <laughs> that's more accurate. For what it is? Mishi, Confidant. your close friend Mishi. Mishi, me and Mishi. Yeah, me and her. It's been, since Malia and Sasha left, we've got our own little. It's not even a book club. It's just two people, just two close friends, sharing stories, <laughs> Talk, talking about books. Um, yeah, we've been really just tearing through like just Jane Austen. Like every week, it's a new one, and it's just like <laughs> it's delightful to surprise yourself. Mm. You know, it's it's one of the most delectable like treats. We each we have we each have a bag of those little Dove um, candies. The chocolates, and yeah. Once mm-hmm. a week, once a week, when we're when we're feeling bad, um, <laughs> we'll call each other and we'll read out. Um, we'll read out um, some of the um, mm. some of the comments from inside of the Dove candy bars. Uh, oh, okay. It's just... for like inspiration because those are. I mean, it's like those. Th- there's just some great quotes in there for sure. It's, it's um, like plat- platitudes, you... almost really. Like, mm. I mean, but it's a delectable journey to be on. It's it's mm. it's had delicious, delicious uh, consequences. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, I hate this laugh. It's so whimsical. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. <laughs> it's just me it was like, like a... it was like reminiscent of things that haven't happened. Then it worked. You know? Then it didn't harken back. It gave you what it was supposed it, to give you. It did what so. it, it did absolutely what you wanted it to do, and I hated Good. it. That's happening. <laughs> me in like an oversized like tan cow neck sweater, oh, like draped with like a cup of like Earl Grey at like five yeah, o'clock. Steaming. But I gotta be careful because it has caffeine in it. <laughs> but who cares? And it's like it's it's not a tea bag. It's loose tea because you're going authentic and me like making like a really big delicious salad and then deciding at the mm. last minute to like throw some crusty some crusty bread like on the side of the bowl oh yeah like a loaf you picked up at the um farmer's market earlier that day and it's like so what if i have so what if i have carbs too you know like <laughs> so very what? that i'm my own woman <laughs> anyways 
Should exactly. we talk about this movie? Let's do it. Um, Let's so this week, do it. I gave Jane the 1964 um, classic um, What a Way to Go. Um, I have such trouble remembering the title of this movie for some reason, but I mean, uh, the the visuals are all there <laughs> running through my brain and in my heart. Good. I'm and I'm happy because the, the we're going to get into it, Avi, but the costumes yes. in this movie they haunt my dreams. Um it's I'm so literally much throwing my hands up. I know this is a movie. podcast, but I'm no, throwing it's, like, it's shocking my hands up. what they what they did. The way that Edith Head, the legendary costume designer, literally puts her foot on everybody's neck and she's just like and I refuse to take it off. My third note in this movie is Edith Head. I recognize that costume designer's name. And when I saw the movie, I still have not looked up how I know her name, but I know I know her name. I'm sure she's... Like, seeing what she did in this movie, I'm sure she's had her hand in a lot of other amazing movies. Um, oh, yeah. So she's been in a lot. I would love for you to go ahead and hopefully <laughs> you've done your work and you per, per, prepared a um, synopsis for us. And I'd love to read that and then just like have you, you know, go to town on that and then we can get in, into it. So, yeah, I'm going to get into the synopsis. Everybody just strap on because this was a lot of story. Um, but you'll be thankful later on when we get into it. So here we go. Born into a simple life in Crawleyville, Ohio, Louisa May Foster never wanted money. All she wanted was one man to love and a little cottage to grow old in. Life, however, had other plans. First, there was Leonard Crawley of the wealthy Crawleyville Crawleys. They owned everything in Crawleyville. Leonard was intent on marrying Louisa. Only one problem. He's an incorrigible louse, and Louisa doesn't love him. Despite her mother's imploring her to marry him, she falls for a simpler man with, a le- with less by way of capital, but more in terms of love, named Edgar Hopper. They have a quaint, idyllic little life in the countryside. Until Edgar decides Louisa deserves so much more than he can give, and dedicates himself to accruing wealth. Only one problem. All Louisa wanted was him. Edgar works himself into an early grave amassing an empire that Louisa never wanted. He leaves her a moneyed young widow, two million dollars to be exact. Louisa leaves the mansion to her mother and heads for Paris with a resolve never to wed again. Until she meets Larry Flint, a cerulean-eyed bohemian artist moonlighting as a cab driver whose devil-may-care attitude and artistic genius quickly pull her in. Once again, she marries a sweet guy with a big heart and no financial aims, which is good since he has no finances. They, too, live a simple life until they don't. Larry invents a machine that creates art from various sounds. One day, Louisa connects classical music to the machine and it makes a beautiful painting. You guessed it. They are soon rolling in money, and Larry's begun to change. Obsessed with his art and his increasing wallet, he's lost touch with Louisa and ultimately reality. Having built bigger and better paint machines to capitalize on his success, he soon finds himself making a killing. Until the machines do. No, they they literally kill him. 
Your girl cashes in again. Four million this time. Now, after the now two-time widow misses her flight back to New York, a maple syrup tycoon named Rod Anderson gives her a ride on his private jet. Sparks fly, and soon enough, she's in love again. And this time, he already has money, so she hopes that it won't jinx their love. But, fearful of losing Rod to his work, like her first two husbands, she convinces him to sell it all and move to a rural farm. Not long after, you can guess what happens. He dies while milking a cow. Rod has sold so much of his empire that all he left Louisa was a measly $150 million. Ugh. Well, nevertheless, she soldiers on. Determined to get away, she hits the road and runs into Pinky Benson at a small off-the-road cafe. He's a sweet cabaret performer who convinces her to watch his charming act that he performs in clown makeup at a local restaurant, and he soon wins her heart with his simplicity. They marry and move on to a charming little houseboat. All is well again. Until Pinky, on Louisa's suggestion, goes on stage without makeup and, for the first time, truly connects with his audience. He's an overnight sensation. Louisa is once again crestfallen. Pinky soon becomes obsessed with, well, Pinky. <laughs> you know what comes next. He's trampled by his adoring fans, bequeaths her another 30 million, yada yada yada. Louisa is left with plenty of money and little of love until she runs into Leonard Crawley again, the rich and arrogant cat from the beginning of our tale in Crawleyville, Ohio. Her very first suitor, in fact. His life has fallen into disrepair and financial ruin, and now he's a janitor. He's financially destitute, which makes him perfect for our heroine. Let's see if she can keep him that way. Her $200 million fortune notwithstanding, perhaps they'll live happily ever after. Long live Louisa May Foster Hopper Anderson Benson Crawley. Dying insanely rich is still dying, but what a way to go. <laughs> that was well done it was a lot of information but it was a lot of info but it was like for us to have a conversation about it i knew it would help um, we are gonna be recapping i'll start really quickly just by recapping on the husbands really mm -hmm. quickly we've got um an all-star cast uh yes. legit all-star cast um we have uh, we have Shirley MacLaine as Louisa, our heroine, mm -hmm. as her uh, as Leonard Crawley, the her first boyfriend, and then the guy she ultimately ends up with at the end of the movie. We have Dean Martin mm -hmm. um, as her first husband, Edgar Hopper. We have Dick Van Dyke as her second husband, Larry Flint. We have Paul Newman as her third husband, Rod Anderson. We have Robert Mitchum as her fourth and final husband, as Pinky Benson. We have Gene Kelly. So we've got icons and icons and icons. So like when I saw the credits going in the beginning and it's just Shirley MacLaine walking down a Pepto Pep Pepto Bismol pink staircase in the house in like black funeral attire complete with veil and they're just going through the names of who is in the movie and it's like bam Shirley McLean okay knew that bam uh Dick Van Dyke I was like oh whoa oh bam Dean Martin oh bam Paul Newman Robert Mitchum is like literally every single person I've ever heard of in old Hollywood <laughs> and I was like how how are 
all of these people in this movie. And then you realize, like, the way that they, everyone has their moment in this movie is, like, really masterfully done. And I think, like, obviously Shirley MacLaine is the driving force through all this, but everyone has, like, a very special, like, unforgettable moment within this movie. Which is, like, one of the really wonderful things about it. And, I mean, I'll first mm-hmm. of all, I'm going to say it probably, again, later on, this movie was not well-received, really. I mean, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was made for $5 million. Um, mm-hmm. And it earned about $11 million, So um, it ended up making about $6 million in profits. Um, so it was, a, it was a financially successful movie. It was released on May 14th, 1964. Um, so it, it did well um, at, at the box office, but it's not a movie that gets ta- like brought up in terms of like conversations surrounding like no. classic Hollywood films, and it's crazy because the cast is so huge. But it was a movie that was like poorly received by the critics, and I really honestly feel like it was a movie before its time because yeah, it is. Um, it is really like this parable, and it's constantly like poking fun at what it is, and um, and it's it's making it's making light light of it's a dark comedy i mean it's, it's making light of itself um in this mm-hmm. really sort of cutting edge way um in each of her like each of the relationships there's like a vignette where like they um they employ some sort of like theatrical trope that is you know in the marriage of dick van dyke there's this chaplain-esque quality in her relationship with paul newman they're making fun of like european film um it's like and, and so on and so on it's the really big dance number of montage obviously and her like dream sequence with uh, uh gene kelly it's like a trope that they, they keep sort of playing around with throughout the movie and like they're very aware of what they're doing so like that that adds to like the the humor well, I am like actually not surprised to hear that this wasn't that well received because I understand. Well, okay, this is actually, I don't understand because I was not around in 1964. Um, you how not? dare you? How dare you? I saw that eyebrow raise. No, I'm just asking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen your birth certificate. You do know. You do know. Okay. I won't, I won't do this with you. I'm two years older than oh, you. Oh, okay. Sure. Everybody. So <laughs> I understand, like I can like I can surmise why this wasn't well received. Like A, I think there's like a raciness to it that might have been uncomfortable for people Absolutely. in 1964. B, there is an inherent campiness that mm-hmm. make that pokes fun at itself. And I think like and again, not around then, but I think maybe like that wasn't necessarily something that like the mainstream comedy world was like doing or like now it's like very much a thing um, with movies today and and TV shows today where like you poke fun at the campiness and I could see that happening. Like these people who are making the ridiculous things are aware of that, of, of it being ridiculous ridiculous and these um you know these insane over the top vignettes which like i loved and was living for um i can understand people who does don't have a lot of context for that kind of comedy not mm-hmm. really understanding and not having it hit but whew, it was a hit for me <laughs> And I'm always, I'm always like, it's funny because I'm always wary going into older movies because I don't necessarily always connect with them. But I always like, I've realized now that we're in this rhythm, like you are always going to choose something for me that like is 
perfect. Like you're not I, I like I, I think you you take a lot of care when you choose these older movies with me because I know you really want me to like be part of celebrating old Hollywood and absolutely and older cinema, which like I want to too. I just don't, you know, like seek it out for myself. And so I this is like so well chosen for me. I just No, I don't give you I really try not to um I really try not to give you any duds. I really try yes. and give you, like, the best of the best. I'm not going to yes. make you watch the ones that are sometimes, that you know, I'm like, oh, this is like watching Painter. I'm not going to put my girl through this. Um, <laughs> I know, and I I really do that. try and pick, like, the ones that I'm like, you need to see this movie. Like, this movie uh, encompasses something that, like, I know is of value to you in some mm-hmm. way. Whether it's, like, a star's performance or whether it's, like, the overall spectacle or whether mm-hmm. it's the costumes. Like... This is a movie that I watch when I want, like, like, there's not many movies, in my opinion, that do it much better than this, as far as, like, the marriage of just, like, set design with costumes, with hair, with jewelry, like, and not, like, I'm I'm not a person also who, like, I, I do, I mean, I love, I do love watching, like, old school I'm you know I'm a huge I'm a huge Joan Crawford fan you don't mm-hmm. really I, I love Betty Davis she doesn't really give you much in terms of looks no shade but I mean just like dresses <laughs> and stuff it wasn't her she wasn't a glamour girl you know Betty right. Betty Davis was like she was a movie star but she was like an actress first and foremost but right. you know if I'm gonna watch craft. Barbara Stanwyck if I'm gonna watch Audrey Hepburn like and so like I mean, Lana Turner, obviously. Like, there's so many. Lena Horne, like, these Dorothy Dandridge. Okay, I gotta stop. My point is that, yeah, there's lots of really incredible, like, you know, uh, films out there for different reasons. And this was one of those movies that I was like, oh, man, like... Jane is gonna gag over this. Like, I mean, I love a visual feast, and this is like, this is this is like visual fucking Thanksgiving, like times it ten, is. and like the okay. So Brandon was talking about earlier how they do sort of like a faux film vignette for each marriage, and so the first one is about living in the country, and it's Chaplin esque, and it's with Dick Van Dyke, who actually. Tara made the for me at least like one of the most accurate observations I've ever heard her make while we're watching a movie and she was like I kind of feel like Dick Van Dyke is like or like our modern day Dick Van Dyke is like sort of is like Jason Segel like a lovable doofus who like is like really palatable and like funny and like he toes that line between being very funny and very attractive and and relatable and I was like that's so that uh, that hits for me really hardcore I could see that you know what else I could see if he wanted it I don't think he wants it that bad Mm -hmm. but if like like I could see like a Joseph Gordon-Levitt like yeah I don't think just I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt isn't doofy enough you know you don't think so no, I think I think Jason Siegel is really is a little bit more the the lovable like kind yeah of. like you like you know like the scene when you first see um, Dick Van Dyke as Edgar Hopper and he literally is just like um, he's splashed with mud all yeah. over himself and he's just like oh yeah that's okay it was my fault really it's like I I just I see Jason Siegel crying in the nude while he's being broken up with and forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like, that kind of, like, level yeah. of, like, humility, I guess. You no, I get say. what you're saying. I, it's actually funny that you bring that up. I was gonna say, um, no, D- D- Dave, yeah, you are correct. 
Dave just chimed in with neither has the physical ability of different. Like, which is true. Phys- like, that's I don't, true. I don't know but I who- also don't think that that is something that is like valued in the same way now than it was back then. Like, people it, that's don't what I was gonna say. do the same kind of physical comedy. But I also think that I think I think Joe Gordon Levitt actually does have have like that physical ability i just don't think it's showcased very often but i do think that he is nimble and agile but like mm-hmm. dick van dyke was like a, you know he studied like chaplin and buster keaton you know obviously mm-hmm. so them doing that vignette makes perfect sense absolutely um, I, I did think it was really funny that you brought that up the scene where louisa's like louisa's mom is essentially like um kind of pimping her out because like she's I like i don't want to marry <laughs> leonard crawley and her mom and her mom's like he's the son of the he's a son of the crawley's in town like you're gonna do as you're told you know and mm-hmm. there's like and they go into town and like she runs into like her old friend uh edgar hopper played by dick van dyke and like he he's he runs into the puddle it splashes all over edgar and then like her and edgar have a quick like exchange and then like they drive off and then edgar has like his fishing pole but we see him like literally walk out of his house he has his fishing pole he's covered in mud and then they take off and then he keeps sort of heading towards like the dock to fish and Dave was like why doesn't he turn around and go back in his house and like (laughs) wash up like why is he still going why is he making the decision to go out for the entire day covered in like the mud and I was like getting like the hot sun getting it crusty yeah just just gonna bake on you baby yeah it's like it's gonna be a gross day you're going fishing anyway let's let's start out a winner though and see what happens um but that was funny so funny and then the costumes in this sort of vignette are are very like they look like she looks like um Shirley MacLaine looks like Raggedy Ann doll basically (laughs) it's like so funny that when they first cut to her being like a kid she's got like the insane amount of freckles. I was like, girl, where do those freckles go? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I was like, does that happen? Do kids get freckles as... as Or do kids have freckles and they disappear as you get older? I See, I assumed it was because she had makeup on when she was older. Maybe she... Oh, maybe that's up. what it is. I don't because, know. you know... I've never had her freckles. Mom, her mom was all about, like, getting her out there. So her mom, probably in the 60s, I'm sure, was like, I cover those up. Um, her <laughs> mom true. is like, I don't care. Like, you're gonna make Her mom is the worst. <laughs> do you think Chris Jenner watched with this movie and took notes? <laughs> I'm sure she did. did. Um, yeah, her mom is like, "You're gonna, you're getting out there, and you're gonna, you're gonna make some coin for this family." Here's your one. She literally says, "How, how dare you turn down a man like Leonard Crawley? He has money, and you go get it." Like, she's like, "We're getting these straight to the point." That's what we're doing. Um, And yeah, and then also, like, as soon as she gets in the car with Leonard, like, they want us to understand very quickly that he is not the man for Louisa, and then he's a jerk. But he just starts roasting her mom. As soon as she sits in the car, he's just like going in on her mom's like her mom's looks. I know it's so mean. He also he also I didn't write it down. He makes a comment about like her being like uh, her being like I forget it's something about breeding like her being like prime for breeding. (laughs) Basically, like you're gonna be good at like bringing my progeny into the world is essentially what he's getting at like disgusting your genes will mesh well with mine but it was like awful and dave noted that as well and it was gross um (laughs) but yeah he goes in on her mom also because the crawleys own everything in town they own like the electronics store they own the furniture stores like everything and he makes the comment to her like let your mom know that payment's due on that fridge next week (laughs) 
Is this you trying to like get in the good graces of her and her family? Like her mom is literally capping for you right now, and like, right? Got the nerve to like. And you're saying he he he's he says several things that like mention her mom is ugly. He's like, yeah. Was your mom delivered to your door on a paper in in a paper it's, bag? Like, there's no way she like, could be your mom. It's and it's wild. like. Oh my god, this could be your mother-in-law, you motherfucker. Like, this is so fucking rude. And then he's like, by the way, I know we're on a date, but, like, down to business, your mom better pay for that fridge because I'm not fucking around. And it's like, what's happening here? If you are trying to win this woman over, you are absolutely ruining all of your chances. And he does. And it also wasn't even, like, your mom's late. It's just, like, I know what payment's due next week. That's and it's like okay first of all if you own this town Leonard Crawley like how do you know when your individual people are making payments like if you're running the company is your knowledge that granular that you know when everyone's like payments are due he's keeping tabs on those fosters is what he's doing apparently like I got eyes on this family he's like I know what my leverage is but also the leverage would have been you being like hey be be nice to me and like your mom's refrigerator payment disappears (laughs) He was like, no. He was like, that rent-to-own shit? Look, Mm-mm. emphasis on rent. You gotta pay to rent it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it that was like a really like funny moment. So rude. And then, like, he's the one that she ends up with, but like, I guess you were supposed... And you don't really have time with him at the end, it's but really like, he's quick. a janitor, and so like, you guess... Like, we're supposed to surmise that I guess he's like humbled himself over the years after losing his money, which is like, okay, I can... Uh, hopefully he's been... He's nicer to our mother. I have, <laughs> Although, I have a question. Yeah, I have yeah. a question for you, actually, though. Do you think that, like... Okay, because, like, so she ends up with Edgar. Edgar's this sweet, lovable guy. Um, and she ends up with him. And then, like, right after... Um, right after that happens, then, like, they fall in love. Um, they fall in love. They so get fast. married. They have this <laughs> idyllic life. Edgar owns, like, this little store in town mm-hmm. um, where he makes, like... Like like a font, like a serviceable amount of money enough to pay for their small home and their quaint existence, and then like all of a sudden like Leonard pays him a visit post marriage. Like Luis is fixing like a patch in the roof, and he just starts laughing at like the idea of like the life she could have had with him, and like this sort of like really sends Edgar in this tailspin, and he's like, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna make money. Like that's gonna become my aim is to become rich. So he mm-hmm. hits the town square, and he is like, he's hawking all this stuff. He is really hustling. He's making money. Yeah, well, he just, like, leaves the house, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna go to the store. And she's like, oh, but you you already went ten days ago, why do you have to go now? And he's like, I gotta go get some chicken wire, and blah, blah, blah. And so he goes to the store, and then she's like, Edgar didn't come home. <laughs> and so it's been one one day, I'm assuming, and we find, because she says, when he didn't come mm-hmm. home the next day, I went into mm-hmm. town to look for him. So she yeah. goes into town, into the store, and all of a sudden, it's an entirely new store. Like, construction has been done. New product has been shipped in. There are hundreds of workers there that weren't there before. It's, like, turned into a superstore literally overnight. <laughs> and so, I understand this movie is, is about campiness and getting the story rolled out without the details but it was just funny it was like oh okay Edgar you did that real fast (laughs) no he really decided to put it to put himself to work and um, everybody's got pogo sticks he's really yeah because it's hop 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 
hop hop into hoppers i think hop into hoppers the, so yeah everybody's everybody's got pogo sticks she he's making this money luis is very much like also like luisa it was just like stop being like stop acting like you're not loving this coin girl the i whole know movie is her amassing more and more wealth and it's like it looks like you've taken to it really well you're wearing some of those beautiful like i would dresses i've ever I would seen wanna, yeah i'd wear this stuff in a heart i mean i'd rip it all apart but i try and slip my body into it. i put it on my I, thigh I would try to get my kids. forearm into one of those dresses and it would be like, uh-uh, sweetie. <laughs> Not the, the on ghost, Edith's the head. The <laughs> ghost of Edith Hopper like quaking in the cemetery. Edith head, you like, mean? <laughs> you don't. I felt a body going in I felt a body going in one of the, like the gown that I put on Audrey Hepburn and Sabrina? What's going I felt, on? I, this giant trying on these clothes, which I did not like, make them for. <laughs> what in the Gulliver's Travel is going on? Get it off your body. It was made for you garbage person um so <laughs> so yeah so like he's making all this money and like she's really upset about it and like i think the thing too is that like she's upset about it so quickly and it's also like you don't you she comes she she doesn't come from money so it's not something she's acquainted with but i think it's more than anything what it is is like the distance that's that's happening as well, the wealth the is being amassed <sighs> this is why i have and brandon and i have continued to have these conversations about how he and I would be very good at being wealthy. We'd be great wealthy people. And it's like, she's wandering the house with nothing to do in her beautiful gowns and her Harry Winston jewels. And she's like, oh, my, my dear Edgar, I never see him anymore. And it's like, girl, get you a friend and figure it out. Because you are going for lunches you don't have to clean your house you can you know you can join some sort of board and 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 give to charity give back make several friends get drunk during the day the day is yours like i don't think she knows how to do this and i want to help her and i'm like i would love to yeah and i want to be like let me be the first to tell you louisa your partner can't be everything to you. You gotta find something else on your own, you know? Well, that's you ingratiating yourself to her and making her dependent on you <laughs> in order to secure your bag. <laughs> Trying to like, take some of those jewels off her hands. Gaslighting like, oh, her being goodness, like, Louisa. you know, best friends always share. And <laughs> she's like, what? she's like, yeah, she's like, what are you sharing? What are you bringing to the table? And As I'm like, really great Whipping that Harry Winston off her neck, being. Yeah, you have to remember the power of friendship. You're like a diamond. Diamond chokers are so gauche. Um, (laughs) I'll take it for you, and I'll I'll figure something out with it. I don't want you being the rubies on your that skin tone. I don't think so, doll. (laughs) They're made for me, girl. They're my birthstone. I would be that friend too, and I would be the one who was like, "You better secure your marriage and stop playing around. You're complaining too." much like what do you have to complain about you literally have everything shut your mouth but then of course he dies from working too hard or whatever i don't even know he just like that's a really funny scene the scene of him just like walking through the office dictating to like his 20 secretaries and all of the secretaries are so hot and sweaty one of them is passed out one of them has a barrette at like the end of her hair i don't know why that was something i noticed it's just like the barrette's like hanging on by a thread and it was really funny 
Germany, and he is just like dictating a million different like um, letters at the uh, you know all about business and like you know mm-hmm. making money and like <laughs> bringing more money in, and import export, and just it like is very business bad. buzzwords. And these girls aren't keeping up. They at one point they cut and uh, they cut to all the secretaries at their table. And they're all asleep on their typewriters, yeah, and he's like, out. "To hell with them!" And he's like, you know, shoving. <laughs> piles of cash into the oh, I love it so And much. I was like, he's like shoving piles of cash into the cabinet. And I'm like, you're not running a type shit around here, ship around here. Because if I worked for your ass and these cabinets were just full of cash, <laughs> you better believe if I felt I was being underpaid, I would, <laughs> after hours, just slip one of those into my purse on my way out. So you still from your, your employer? <laughs> I'm just asking. I don't know. You can say no. Oh, my God. This shade. No, I would not steal from my employer. It's a joke, Brandon. Was it you would not steal or you would not steal again? (laughs) I have never stolen from any employer. So if anybody's listening to this. Of course. Of course. Who wants to offer me a job? You know, you can trust me. I would never take money from anybody. Nice. Nice. That. Very that. Um, So, yeah. So he dies, and then she gets her first, like, two mil. And you're sort of like, okay, that's probably maybe going to be it. Like, we're going to watch her, like, with her cute couple mil, like, you know, live her life or whatever. She heads to Paris. and Well, she goes to Paris to recover. and I want to recover like rich people. I want to recover like rich people too, where it's like I'm just I'm just taking off to Perry. I'm going to walk into Paul Newman's cab. Like when he popped up on screen, I he is so he is one of those people that is so beautiful to me that like I literally gasped when I saw him. And he like you don't see him at first. He's like leaning down in the cab. His legs are up. He's like eating banana. He's like talking to her. It's clearly the view is like obstructed. You're just sort of seeing like the bottoms of 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 his like boots that he's wearing. So you can't Mm -hmm. see who it is. And the conversation begins between them. And then you know they reveal the glory. He pops up, and you're like, oh my god. Every time I see Paul Newman, I am like. I literally am like taken aback by his like physical beauty. He people just, don't really. I, I feel like people don't talk about like Paul, like how handsome Paul Newman was. Maybe we I'm, need to talk about this because he transcends everything, man. He transcends age, sexuality, like gender, any of that. He is like one of those people where you're just like, I, I, like I want. I can't stop watching you move because you're just like. He's, so a, he's, a, he's a stunning man. And at this point, I mean, he was like, I think, 39 or 40 at this point, too. So Jesus. he was well into his career. How um, old was Shirley MacLaine in this movie? 30. Okay. She looked she really like, young sometimes. I was like, she, she, she has, yeah, she has, or is she like in her 30s? No, she was like, she was like 30. Paul Newman was around 39, 40. Dick Van Dyke was around, I think, 39, 40. Um, Robert Mincham was almost 50, I think, like 47. Yeah, that felt um, like a uh, Dean an age gap marriage. <laughs> Gene Kelly was like 52. Yeah, that felt like one too. <laughs> but also, like, but then the way Gene Kelly moves, though, Gene Kelly. Oh my has god, that, Gene, Gene Kelly has that quality Kelly. too, though. Like when he starts like singing. Oh my and God. it's just, you know those panties were just dropping. Even when he was like 50, 60, like, he just has that ability. He has a beautiful voice. That, yes, and that's another he does. thing. I feel like and people don't talk about like a beautiful Gene Kelly's voices. Gene Kelly has a oh gorgeous God. voice. I 
was like, if Gene, when you talk about Gene Kelly, the first thing that comes up is not his voice; it's his dance moves, which it's like true, but I should all loved, be discussed, of course. Yeah, but he does have like tone. such a gorgeous tone, and I mean, I thought his character was pretty annoying in the beginning because yeah. I was like, oh my god. Um, he was like, she was like depressed after her husband died, like, and went to like a coffee shop. And he's like, he like, she's like, um, just get, can I get a, is there any way, anybody know how I can get a cup of coffee around here? And then he starts like singing and dancing at her in the middle of the cafe. And I wanted to be like, Jean, baby, read the room. She's not here for this right now. Just get her some coffee. And then, for soft shoe. No, this is not a moment for soft shoes. She's like depressed, like looking for like, you know, maybe an ear or a shoulder, not like a floor show. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be insane. You, yeah, like, lost. I also just think it's so funny, like the the places that she goes to, even with all that money. And it's also funny because mm-hmm. she keeps being. It's like she as she like accrues more like husbands and more money as well it's like i just like how she she always makes it seem like like she doesn't have like there's all this money that just exists it's just a thing that's not being talked about and it's like so funny because it's like girl you have hundreds of millions of dollars this is the thing so okay so this is after the first marriage she's got a lot of money and it's just accruing but like she goes to Paris she starts dating Paul Newman who is like an artist and a, a penniless artist basically and oh they do that vignette that I love which is like the French movie vignette oh, yeah. it's very sexy, very sexy. and it's yeah. like they're like it was, and it was bed. like I'm honestly I was a little bit surprised by that I was too it is really saucy for like 1964 there's a lot so of like side body like thigh and like yes. the hips and stuff and there's a quick little there's a bath like a little bath montage with like her and Paul and the and bath like, keeps okay. getting smaller and smaller the bath keeps getting smaller and and then like, they're standing in the shower and there's like a censored bar over their bodies yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like just move it if this is truly Just, a French where's movie, the uncensored, where's the where uncensored is the uncensored version, uncensored version? <laughs> for the grown folks in the room? For the grown folks, oh my God. for the people who want to see it without the puritanical lens of Let them know, girl. America all over our faces. Tell them we're Anyways, tired of I things just... being we're we're tired of things being censored. <laughs> Jane doesn't care. Jane's not a Jane's not one of those girls who cares about consent. Okay. She wants what she wants. Hello, Jane. I also do... Maybe I shouldn't talk about this, but uh, not about consent, but about Paul Newman's body, and he's like 40 years old, and he literally looks so amazing. It made me feel bad. (laughs) Yeah, but Paul Newman, like... Does he... And this was like before the time when I feel like there was pressure on men to look like that. I feel like he just like looked... This is totally an assumption. But like obviously there was always pressure to look good within Hollywood. But particularly for men, I think it's like gotten worse and worse and worse as time has gone on. Because like men could be like a sack of potatoes and still get a starring role. But like Paul Newman did not need to look like that. And he fucking did. I'm sorry, I'm obsessing about it. I just can't stop. He like, didn't have to he didn't have to he didn't have to hit him that hard. And he, he, did not he came on have set to hit him and he was like, my body's right. 
I, this face was just given to me. Um, <laughs> this face just exists without me doing a fucking thing. Like, can you imagine moving the, through the world looking like that? I mean, I can, yeah. I can, too, because I look like that, too, and I absolutely have those conversations with people all the time about how insane-looking I am. I'm tired people, people stop. I want people like, to love me you? for no. who I am. You know what I mean? I want my personality to be the thing that really moves me through the world as opposed to my beautiful, exotic looks. It's so interesting. What do you think your personality is that you think <laughs> that you think it would warrant that kind of reaction? <laughs> You are a terror. Um, and your beauty is the thing that really, like, keeps me coming back. Um, Honestly, I wish, man. <laughs> Jane is very Jane is very pretty, if you don't know oh, Jane. Oh, gosh. Jane is very pretty. She has, her skin is perfect right now. I also, I confirmed with her earlier, because her skin looks so good, before we started, I said, are you wearing any makeup? Because if she had any makeup on, then that would have meant that she was not beautiful. That's why I asked. And then she said, no. And I said, oh, then you're pretty. And... That is true. You did give me some compliments before we started recording. There's something so shady about starting with like, are you wearing makeup? Or were you able to to produce this kind of beauty completely naturally? (laughs) And like, and what's the follow up? Are you wearing makeup? Yeah, I am actually a face full of it. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. like, oh, good. You great application, girl. You you fooled them. <laughs> great, great application. You tricked everybody. <laughs> it's just like there's nothing good to come after that. Like, no, if like that's what's your the what's the follow up? It's not good. This is like Jane. Jane and I were constantly in conversation about the fact that everything that we watch, I always ask Jane two questions that she gets annoyed by. We have talked about this before. One question is always me asking about people with very blonde hair and like adults and Jane. Always screaming at me when I say like, "Do you think it's a natural blonde, the blonde hair color?" And she's like, "No, nobody's hair is that color." Um, the so thing that's... is, he'll see like somebody with white blonde hair, and like the only people who have hair like that that leaves their body after a certain age is like less than like one percent of the population. They're usually children of the corn. Like adults don't have hair that white blonde <laughs> like ever. So Jane's always coming for me there, and then the other thing Jane's always coming for me about is me asking about like if someone's hair is their hair and like I always ask when like these women have these like thick heads of hair and I'm always like wow is that her real hair and Jane's always like no no it's not no one grows hair like that um, because it's like it'll be like perfectly quaffed a 24 inch like hair and I'll be like oh did that did she just grow that all on her own and it's like if anybody tried to, if most people tried to grow their hair that long, they'd end up looking like Nell from the movie <laughs> Nell. I in the way. I um no, I asked her that it was the Kardashians, I think, and then like also like that too, not too hot to handle. I haven't seen too hot to handle. What's the 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 show we watch? What's it called? Oh, um, we watch Love, Love Island. Island, Love Island UK. Yeah, and he's like, first of all, there is not a real. Like, Everybody on Love Island UK has lip fillers. Everybody on Love Island UK either has eyelash extensions or is wearing fake eyelashes. Everyone on Love Island UK has, like, at least, at least, like, clip-in hair extensions, if not, like, a sew-in or something like that. And he's always like, is that her real hair? I'm like, no! In what world does this person have, like, like, horse hair? It's like, it's just... Like, have you ever um, seen any of your friends in real life have hair like that? Um, I mean, when I'm, you know, 
when I'm moving through, when I'm hanging out with like the other echelon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not when we're all like slumming it together. Of course not. (laughs) But, um, no, I mean, if I came over one day and you had like 40 inch hair going down your butt and you just told me it was your hair, (laughs) then like, I would be like, first of all, you would have me on the floor looking in my scalp for tracks because you wouldn't believe me. (laughs) If I came in and you had hair going, your hair literally almost touching the floor and you like turned to me and you're like, oh, hi, Brandon. And it was just like this thick, luscious Kardashian hair. Then I would just be like, "Get yours, girl." And if, or if I walked in, and the first thing you said was like, "This is my real hair." Before I even said anything, then I would be like, "I don't know." A little bit of fervor in your voice that leads me to believe that there may be more to the story. Mm-hmm. No, what I would be like is, "Let me see your quick. Let me see your your Chase account real quick." Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'm gonna. See. I want to see your transactions. <laughs> I think I'm going to see at least a couple hundo having been spent over on Broadway and Devon, mama. <laughs> you get this. It would be very that. You are correct. Um, but yeah, so she's in her second marriage to Paul Newman. And then, like, the thing, too, about Louisa is that she plays an active role in, in all of her husbands amassing their wealth, too, unintentionally. <laughs> yeah, so, she like, accidentally, like, suggests <laughs> the thing to them that makes them that millionaires. That everything around and in the paul newman marriage there's like he's got this like kind of like quirky machine and he makes these like he'll he'll like produce these like funky noises and the noises like create the artwork that there's like this machine that's got like this sort of arm with paintbrushes attached to the end of it and a canvas in front of it and he plays these like really wacky sounds and then like the art the the machine starts sort of like the arm starts stroking like randomly and when they start stroking they create art and then she comes in the room and she's like huh what would happen if like we put on like Mahler and so she puts on like a record and when she puts the record on it starts making this incredible art and then it begins like this empire building where he's like all of a sudden like hobnobbing with the with the wealthy and he also loses his like gruff like midwestern man like accent and he adopts this like affected <laughs> like m- Madonna Lady Gaga British accent <laughs> um, and he starts like you got you know what we're talking about you know how you know how they all of a sudden <laughs> all of a sudden they get speaking, like, really you know, British and um g- yeah, gives really them a, a yeah gives them a sense of gravitas I think that they wish they I had. Think they think they think yeah <laughs> um, and it's also where her the, where the clothes really start to pick up for me because that was that's she, the f- oh, yeah that she wears were you this like dress. Were you like, okay, were you like, this is going to be a movie about looks? Did you think that? No, I had no idea until I saw, I didn't know until I saw the dress at the like art premiere, which is this insanely beautiful, um, I think it's like a silk dress. Oh, Janie, I'm so sorry. I, I sent you earlier on WhatsApp, I sent you, um... I, I sent you photos of all of like the best looks. The the look that like first like had me gasp besides Paul Newman was <laughs> um, was the dress that she wore to the premiere of or the opening of Paul Newman's art op- whatever it's this one it's the yellow it's the yellow it's the yellow the- silk dress with the blue it's got it basically looks like he painted hand painted the dress oh, it's and so it's good. so beautiful and it's got like armpit length or sh- um 
gloves yeah. with a yeah with a cape. I mean, she looks insane. And I was literally like, okay. This is the movie. This is the movie. Because Did you think there would be more? Did you think it was going to get more gaggy? Like yes. when you saw that dress? Yes. <laughs> I I knew I knew exact in in this moment seeing that dress and I was like I know why Brandon picked this movie for me. There is more coming. 100%. <laughs> so good. I knew we weren't going to just get a, that that drip and end end everything. Um and then the, I mean, all the fucking outfits. My favorite, like, vignette for the all the clothing, of course, is the third one with Rod Anderson, a.k.a. Robert Mitchum. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The clothing? That's where they're just, that's where they're just like, we're, we're done playing around. We're done teasing you. <laughs> we're all adults here. Strap in. We are, we're strap in, we're giving you every... Beat is a new outfit. Like every second is a new outfit, and it's more glamorous than the next. I mean, the first one we've got this sort of like coral or pink like feather number. Wait, with hold on. Before we go hat. there, okay. Before we go there, so the first, the first gaggy look that we got before this one was this first dress. It's the purple dress with. It's got one sleeve. Um, oh yes and you only get it for like a second and you only get it for like a second it's got one sleeve and then it's got this like pink structural like fabric that is like coming out of the shoulder and it's almost like a bow like it's like a it's like a it looks almost like like an abstract bow yeah 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 yeah. it's 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 like this it's so it's so sexy and structural and interesting Mm -hmm. the one that i'm just realizing i didn't get an image of is the one of her laying on the bed there's a shot of her laying on the bed <gasps> oh, and she's with the got face. the cape lit yes. and it's got a face painted on one side and she's in like I think like a like a like a like bodysuit almost like a bodysuit yeah. and it's like this really deep blue color and she her uh, hair is bone straight oh and it she just looks incredible and it's once again it's one of those you only get it for like a second mm-hmm. and you're like uh, 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 wait give okay. me more and like and where so, are all of these clothes now you know right that's a question i actually should look that up um, yeah, because I, I'm. I want. I mean, hopefully, yeah. if does Edith have head have like a museum? Or she something? she must, right? She must. Like, I, I mean, if, unless if she you doesn't. know, it depends on what would have happened. I guess to all of those items before. You know what I mean? Like, what would have mm-hmm. happened to? Okay, there are Edith. There's Edith head archives at Fitham, apparently. Okay, I want to go. If they could, if they could get all of these costumes, Fitham is together, in though, Los Angeles. Yes. Okay. Um, if they could get all of these costumes in the same place, then that would be like wild. And I would, I would purchase a, yeah, it, yeah, it's in, uh, no, it's in, um, is it in San Francisco? I think there's more oh. than one Fitum. Well, there's multiple branches of, um, oh, it's, there's, it looks like it's San Francisco, San Diego, Los Angeles. So it's all over California, I guess. Yeah. But then there's also Fitta Museum and Galleries, which I guess is in Los Angeles. So, but God, if there was an Edith Head Museum, talk about, like, that. that is a thing that should happen, though. I feel like a well, lot of people who have some of these dresses, let, so, like, okay, so 
Edith Head, incredible, you know, costume designer. Um, what has she done? Can you walk me through her resume? Oh, my God. She's done everything. I want to say she worked, I know, predominantly for, like, she worked for Paramount. Um, she worked for Universal as well. She's done so many costumes. Um, Does she have an Oscar? Ones. Please tell me she has an Oscar. Yeah, she has, like, seven. Um, oh, She's, like, God. seven Academy Awards. She was nominated for around, like, 35 or something crazy like that. Um, she's she's dressed every... She dressed like every like icon from like the the it, what like the 40s through the 40s through like the 70s she's just like like any any role like she grace kelly and a touch of mink real window audrey hepburn in roman holiday and in um sabrina um and funny face uh and i think she did breakfast at tiffany's as well um Betty Davis in All About Eve, um, Olivia de Havilland in The Heiress, um, Elizabeth Taylor in A Place in the Sun, um, Julie Andrews and Tom Curtin, uh... Uh, Grace Kelly, I mean, you guys, Rear Window. Yeah, yeah. Rosemary um, Clooney in White Christmas. Oh, yes. wow. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, e- like everyone. Okay. Uh, Shirley MacLaine did this with her. Shirley MacLaine did uh, The Matchmaker with her as well. Um, Ooh, Kim Novak in Vertigo. I've seen that. Yes. And Baxter in The Ten Commandments. Hold on. Did you look up? Jane did you look Fon- up a list? Jane Fonda and I'm looking at the list on Wikipedia right now. Jane okay. Fonda well, yeah. Oh, you got them on there. The okay. Park. I was gonna yeah. say. I think there's got to be a list somewhere. Just so many. But she's done like God. everything. She's done like, like everybody. Veronica Lake. Yep. And I Married a Witch. Sullivan's Travels. Um, Barbara Stanwyck and Ball of Fire, which was that's one of my favorite. And Double Indemnity. So good. <sighs> she she did and everyone. She did. Did she did all about Eve? Didn't she? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. She did. So um, I believe Anne Baxter oh and um, and Betty Davis and all about Eve. I mean, the taste level is incomparable. Like that dress. I don't. Uh, I may have you watch it, so don't you look it up. But there's there's a dress from. Um, well, there's a dress from to 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 catch a no to um no um to catch a mean? predator. No, not teacap. Um, <laughs> there is uh, to catch a thief. Yeah, there's a dress from To Catch a Thief that Grace Kelly wears. This is white one. It's everything. There's also a white one that yeah. Audrey Hepburn wears after her transformation in Sabrina. That is just it's what dreams are made of. It really is. It's like this white. It's like this white. Um, essentially, like a white pencil dress, and it's got this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really iconic like dress, and it's got this um, this train on it. It's so good. Anyway, yeah, she any. Any movie that like Edith Head has done the costumes in is is really like a feast for the eyes. Unless it's a movie where like everything's buttoned down and like for whatever reason that character you're not going on that's that's it's not a sartorial journey. But like right. if it's a movie where you've got like like a leading lady with a capital L with two capital L's, then it's gonna be like <laughs> one of you know what I mean. Like if you're if you're talking about a Grace Kelly, if you're talking about a Lana Turner or like a Barbara Stanwyck, like Ugh. I mean, <laughs> in the words of my girl Betty. Let's uh, let's fasten our seatbelts because it's gonna be a bumpy <laughs> a ride. Bumpy. And by bumpy, I mean incredible. Um, this is, but this is one of the movies, though. I will say, of all of her films, to me, this is one of the movies where it's like about the clothing. Yep. Like they are helping to tell the story, but also at a certain point, you just kind of feel like Edith is just like 
giving it because I'm like looking at all of these all of these insane outfits right now like they're like the one of my favorites okay so oh god they're all of my favorites but like they're all so good the one that I like gagged over the second time was and she again you only see it for a second it's when she's walking into that one of the many parties with Rod Anderson and it's that sort of purple like it's like purpley metallic she it's like and it's got like kind of a larger skirt but the bodice is very tight and then she jumps she pushes it aside and jumps onto the piano in it and so you see that it's sort of like a bodysuit with this it. like skirt it? that you can open it yeah it's it's insane and i She's, there was something like about a, that it looks almost that, like a perfume bottle to me like yes, it is so yes. like structural in the best possible way mm-hmm. and the way it sort of opens up at the, at the I was bottom from the waist down blown away that she opened it up i was like oh my god i was not because it looks so structural you'd never think that you'd be able to do that and she just pops it open (laughs) and what i think is really wonderful about um these costumes too is that i think because shirley mcclane isn't necessarily what you think of when you think of like shirley mcclane absolutely like like uh like a hollywood star but like at this time also never known really for like in terms of like fashion for the most part Mm -hmm. um pretty sort of like you know very smart simple like American, so like this type of design, like girl I think, next door is what very I much think so of. you know beautiful, yeah. but like very much so that, and so I think for her to be this sort of canvas for these mm-hmm. costumes, I think it really like sort of like created this moment in her filmography that is you don't really see it anywhere else. I mean, she's she has some wonderful costumes in Sweet Charity as well, which also I, if I remember correctly, Edith Head did the costumes in Sweet Charity. I'm almost certain. Um, okay, but well, yeah, this harkens so, back so. to like what and I can't I'm sorry the name is escaping me I can't remember who did the costumes in Pillow Talk but it was sort of that like same thing where it was like you never think of Doris Day as being sort of this like sexy woman and obviously the costumes are very different in Pillow Talk but they do a lot to sort of transform your idea of who Doris Day is as an actor and as a performer and it sounds like this was like a similar thing although in a very like extreme and glamorous way for Shirley MacLaine. Jean-Louis um, yeah. was the costume designer for Pillow Talk. Bill Thomas did um, I think a lot of like the costumes those wonderful um, you know suits that Rock Hudson and Tony Randall had in the movie but I, the, mm-hmm. the gowns which were really sort of the piece there is the piece there is a sense of that movie Maybe I think Jean Louis um, did those, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're right though. It's that it's that sort of star making moment, I think. And obviously, this movie was not as successful as that movie, but right. what it but I, it's a cult classic, and I and I think if you have conversations with people who like love old Hollywood films or people who love like you know costumes or gowns I think a lot of them are going to be able to have that conversation with you about this movie because it has really stood the test of time and some of those you know quote unquote classics that were really well received I mean like what a way to go which by the way in and of itself is just a wonderful film but it only has like 20% on Rotten Tomatoes which is crazy but it's because I they saw that it's because they're using the reviews though from people at the time you know that's what's yeah. um, that's what's making up cumulatively like the perspective you know the algorithm so it's unfortunate because I think if you talk to most people who've seen this movie then they it holds a special place in their heart mm-hmm. um, it's not a perfect film but it is a lot of fun and it's I, and, super fun and I think and it keeps like, changing it keeps, it keeps like, it's it's the pace is quick 
And I like that because I think um, a lot of old movies can be difficult to watch because the pace isn't quick. And we're and just like the society that we're in right now, we're used to a very, very quick pace. And like the I was really surprised about the sexiness of this, too. Like the sexiness of the costumes, the like ownership uh, that Shirley MacLaine had over the sexuality of her character. There was no, like, shame or embarrassment. She's wearing, like, at one point, like, an entirely backless... Um, I mean, a couple of times she wore an entirely backless thing, but I'm thinking about, again... You're thinking about the, that white one. The white one with the with pearls the in the back. With, like, oh. oh my god. <laughs> like, it is... First of all, I can't believe that that was like on film in 1964 again yeah. like I, I wasn't there I don't know but it just seems like that the more you say scandalous. it the more it sounds like you were on the set the I know the more it, the more I say it the more it sounds like I'm 97 years old <laughs> you're like no I wasn't there though. everybody knows how young I, 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 I like doth thou protest too much you old bitch <laughs> exactly and I'm happy you said it so I didn't have to um and oh my god okay one more thing about what just one more dress i want to like call attention to that that emerald satin dress with all the like hangy bits so good oh my god it looks like you just want to reach out and touch it it looks like butter um no it was so good i think that what i apparently hold on let me see what i saw was that the so um the co- the costumes budget was like half a million. Um, That's which, surprising to me. That it which is around. I'm, I'm so yeah no five hundred thousand. Which is around. Um, which is around four and a half million today. Okay, I believe that. So like, I mean, but think about that though. Think about a movie today and like yeah. one actress in the film having a almost a five million dollar <laughs> budget for costumes. <laughs> That's wild. That is like, amazing. And I would want kind of it, like, I, I would want it to be me. I want a $500 million wardrobe budget. Exactly. Oh, yeah, and you. You trying to steal <laughs> stuff and pocket it and get it off, get it off of the lot. You know, I'm sure Shirley must have, like, I would have wanted some of those wigs. Oh, my God. Incredible wigs. Really good wig work, which I think is hard in the 60s, too. Like, you just, like, the technology wasn't that good, but her wigs were good. Oh, the wigs are so good. The well, so it was, it was apparently seventy-two hairstyles, um, mm-hmm. and then it was three and a half million dollar. The three and a half million dollar gym collection loan by Harry Winston that comes oh out to God. about thirty million dollars today. <sighs> also, um, so we've got her. I so it. we we've got Shirley's second marriage um, to Paul mm-hmm. Newman. He's a full on snack. She's a full on snack. It's, they're mm-hmm. having hot, you know, sexy hot time. French, like French, lovey like, bohème, like it's sexual very, energy. We're loving very it. Dewy, yeah. Very, yeah. Very Black smoldering. and white. Very. And oh, have you also a thing that I noticed is that like, there's a lot of scenes where people are bringing groceries into the house. And mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know if this is like a gag, but like with each marriage and yes, with each marriage and each like um, each time, like each time they bring in the groceries, there's just more and more baguettes. And the final time with Pinky, they have clear grocery bags and they're both carrying two clear grocery bags and is literally just different sizes of like loaves of bread. (laughs) It's like, do you think, is this a do you gag? Think that was like a subtle sort of like, 
like comment on like the appendages that she's like collecting like with each husband <laughs> oh my god like dicks yeah oh i don't think so you don't think it's like a one more one more for the book she would have had four or five by the time pinky and her got married so is it like is that what they're doing uh, no okay. i mean maybe but i don't I just know have ne- i don't know i've never thought of a baguette as a dick and even if somebody did do that, they would have done it cheekily and they wouldn't have told anybody what they were doing. So it's not like they'd be right yeah, for that. Um, exactly. I love but, a crusty baguette, though. Man, I right, could Oh, use, my God. With some go, butter. Oh, or some brie. <laughs> or both. Sign me up. Yeah, or whatever. Oh, pick. Spread, yeah, or plain. Like, or like, oh, man, I'm Or hungry. some butter. <laughs> and some, like, and also, or like some of those, like, those cloves of garlic that have been put in the oven and with oh, olive roasted oil garlic and roasted oh, yeah. and then where they where it's like butter and you can just mm-hmm. smear it on the bread oh mm-hmm. my god I love it so Tara much. and I went through a really big phase where it was like every we would just buy heads of garlic and roast them and I would just put them on bread every day and it was the, that was deep into the pandemic when I wasn't really worrying too much about what I was shoving yeah, you know, into my mouth we, we've done <laughs> way <it>? worse than <laughs> than warm bread with smeared with smeared <laughs> garlic on it okay <laughs> oh so good though we should do that again oh my goodness call Ellen the generous insurance zone because if these walls could talk two <laughs> two um, if these walls could talk two two um so <laughs> so after so she's married to Paul Newman and then like he ends up getting killed by like he, he keeps building bigger uh machines he keeps building mm. those paint machines. Once they're successful, he builds, like, bigger ones, more, like, serious ones. And then, like, there's a moment where he's in there. And, like, he also... Paul Newman's character also has a pet monkey. Um, oh, my God. Okay, so this... I did this thing where I do every time I see an animal on... In an old movie. He's I dead, get really. I get really sad about the death of that yeah. yeah. Even he though I know his... Paul Newman is dead. But I'm like, oh... But you still have monkey. his salad dressing. So you're like... I do. <laughs> you're never going to look at it the same way again, though. Not after right. what he what what happened with you when you were watching Paul Newman's movie. It's seeming like <laughs> I had a real um, awakening. <laughs> you had a real awakening to the snack that was Paul Newman. <laughs> no, I've been I've been I've been awoken to that for a while. So this is not news for me. But um, oh my god, I don't let me don't let me make you watch Cat in a Hot Tin Roof, girl. You gonna be able to handle that? Oh cool my hand god, Luke? I've. I've I've always I've seen Cool Hand Luke before. I've never seen Cat in the Hot Tin Roof. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Never seen. I think I think I think Cat in the Hot Tin Roof is like is is that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty sexy Paul Newman though. Yeah, whatever you want to give me, I will any Paul Newman movie. Oh, and you got and you got Elizabeth Taylor, which we haven't had on here yet. Yeah, we've never done. Oh, also the other thing I was going to say was that originally this part was conceived for Marilyn Monroe, and. (gasps) Interesting. Yeah. And apparently she passed away. This came out in 64. She passed away in 62. Um, mm. Which would have been a very different film. Um, I think, like, it's hard for me to imagine. And, and maybe that's me not, like, understanding Marilyn's, like, range. But it's hard for me to imagine, like, more of a bombshell in this character. Where I think is, like, Shirley MacLaine is, like, very sexy. But she's also got that girl next door vibe. Which I'm, like... I, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't seen Marilyn a lot, but in my sure, mind, I think this part was probably. I think Marilyn Monroe was an incredible actress. I think this part mm-hmm. was. I think Shirley MacLaine brought like sort of this like, this wide. I and I think knowing that Shirley MacLaine wasn't like a glamorous 
glamorous woman i think that sort of helped sort of like as far as her being enveloped by like you know the money that she's accruing and like what seeing her in this new light i think there's something mm-hmm. really interesting about that um it was also, just a really different film yeah hmm? we even talked about the thing that happens in the beginning that is like unbelievable to me what <laughs> okay so first of all it's like it starts off with the funeral and you find out later that it's pinky benson's funeral because he becomes so self-obsessed that everything in their life life has to be pink including her mm-hmm. hair and outfit for the movie premiere which is fantastic but that's neither here nor there so <clears throat> she goes straight from the funeral <laughs> to the IRS in in her morning clothes veil and all and she tries to give back to or give to the government a check for 211 million dollars I, I know the whole movie is about her feeling like wealth has ruined her life or whatever, but it's like, why, girl, are you giving this to the government? No, why I mean, are you, you can giving be miserable it and rich. It's better than mi- them. You can be poor, baby. You can dry your tears with 20s for all I get the shit. But, yeah. like, also, why are you, like, if you want to give it away, give it away to charity. Don't give it back to the yeah, fucking why government. Give it, yeah, why give it all right back to the government? That makes no sense. <laughs> also, $211 million in 1964 is $1.8 billion today. Oh, oh, I know. I did the, so, I did. I, was, I, I knew you was, did. But, like, of course, you know I've got that inflation calculator up every time. $1.8 billion. That's like. Handing it over to the government. for no, Like, also, it's like, yeah, like, put it to, put it to good use. You could go. You could literally right. go around the world just handing a million dollars to charities and like yeah. watch their eyes get big and like the love and that you change would get. lives. Yeah, and, change and the like world. talk about fulfillment, girl. Like yeah, if you can't no. find you a friend, which it seems like you can't, <laughs> then maybe go ahead and change some lives instead yeah, of being exactly. like, here, here's here's two hundred eleven million dollars, which I'm sure you're just gonna spend on like fucking war. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, like and on like yeah, on like two or three things for war. Like two or three tanks, and that money's gone. Exactly. If that. Exactly. No, go ahead and give that to like somebody who's gonna use it. Also, when did beautiful rich white women have trouble finding friends? Because I, I, <laughs> I miss that. Well, because I know if I know if we got if we got news about a sad rich white lady, you and I would be knocking on that front door instantly with some cookies. <laughs> exactly. Well, they are well, beautiful rich white women already have God as their as their friend, so they're good. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, she's nobody's here for her giving away. You know, a couple hundred million dollars. Well, and the IRS finds it so unbelievable they literally refer her to a shrink. And so I actually like this is part of the movie that makes it seem like edgy to me because I feel like therapy is like maybe not as widely talked about oh, in sure. 1964. So like, but we're hearing all of these stories through the narration of her like talking to her shrink which I was like oh this is like a like a clever device to like get us into like to know exactly what took place and get us back to present day Mm -hmm. and like it was sort of like what I would imagine edgy like they all think she's crazy and they like (laughs) they give her like a pill because she's like quote unquote hysterical which I thought was funny because it's like It looks like a pink Necco wafer. And then oh, the for doctor sure. No, that looked like a cookie. Takes, I was like, I've literally never seen a flat, round pill like that. But No, and also when he puts one in his mouth, and you're like, you can't be. <laughs> um, it's the also shrink, like, like the professionalism one. is not like 
t- tip no. top if you're if you're handing out pills and taking them yourself. As a, no, as like a professional like psychiatrist, like wait for them to leave the room for good. Right, exactly. Also, and then why, also, at the also end, why are psychiatrists handing out pills in their office pills. anyway? Like Even I feel like you have to wait for a diagnosis, right? I yeah. Mean, no, they did what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, he like proposes marriage to her, and it's like the lo- the the level of professionalism is so low. <laughs> but also, you're like, I feel you. <laughs> like, like I get you, it. Yeah, you got that money. You're hot. I've I've heard all these stories. Although you don't think he would be nervous about dying. I mean, I as I said at the end of my synopsis, dying is awful. But what a way to dying rich is awful. But what a way to go. That's like true. I mean, you have a probably cute little couple years, maybe with her. You get to see how the other half live. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> will you uh, live a long, miserable, penniless life, or you want to live a short, exciting one? When we drive by those mansions, sometimes, and I look over and I think, like, what's it like inside of that home? Mm. And I just think, like, uh, like some of them are so big. I just think you could get, you must just get lost in there, like with an estate that size. You know, it's just too much to do. Too. Like, what are you doing? You know. Yeah, I mean, like, I'd like to figure it out. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. I'd have a room I'm... that's just my chip and cookie room for just me, my <laughs> chips and cookies. <laughs> it's like, why not? You know, it's that big. I just have a shelf yeah. put in for the, you know. You have a room for everything. I call it my call it my my CNC room. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. And then the third, yeah, the third marriage is really like that's where she's already she's got four million from her second marriage to to Larry. She has mm-hmm. her two million from her first. And then she runs into Rod Anderson while trying to catch a plane. She's in this really lovely although it's funny because in comparison to like everything else in the movie, you're sort of like, ah. But it's this really pretty, like, almost like sable, like mm-hmm. um capelet and skirt with like a little matching hat. It's trimmed in fur. Mm-hmm. Um it's very cute. She looks really good in it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like this marriage where it's like she's finally married like a wealthy man but like like the opposite sort of she thinks initially like oh this will maybe be okay he's already got money so I don't have to worry about the hustle but Mm -hmm. I think she sort of like doesn't count on like the hustle trying to keep it because it's like once you get it you know the goal yeah the goal is to like hold on to it Mm-hmm. And he like at first shows her all the affection he she needs and is like very into her and is like, you know, not all wrapped up in work. But once they get married, he's like he's upset because his fortune has tripled, but not at his hand. And so he is too egocentric to let that happen. So he goes back to to focusing on work. And so she decides that she's gonna like well. I guess so in the beginning like she rides on his private plane with him from Paris to New York like you do and the pl- yeah, like you do <laughs> and um the plane literally looks like a living room um on the inside and he is okay so uh, well let me ask this first he offers her a drink when they get on the plane, right? Mm -hmm. And so he pours her scotch on the rocks and then he says, oh, because he's like, comes from, I guess his money comes from like a maple syrup um, (laughs) dynasty or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. his family made a ton of money in maple syrup and he was like, that growing up on maple syrup like was enough to like make me not want to drink alcohol. And I don't understand that connection 
at all. Do you know what you're talking about? No, I don't. Okay. I just wasn't, it didn't click Maybe just, like, maybe the idea of, like, maybe maple syrup, the idea of, like, overconsumption, just, like, having too much of of a good thing. Hmm. That idea of sort of... Okay, I could believe that. Tara was like... Tara's like, is there some sort of like alcohol you can make out of maple syrup? And I was like, I don't think so. I mean, not out of maple maple syrup. You can use it to give a little bit of flavor to like a cocktail. Of course. But, but that's not what he's talking about. No, I don't know what they're talking about. Um, um, but so she convinces him. So the plane is called, the private plane is, is called the Melissa. And like, you don't know why in the beginning. And then when she's trying to figure out how to get him to like not be so invested in work, she picks up a Time magazine that has a feature on him. And it's a picture of him next to his like favorite cow when he was growing up called Melissa. And so they, she like convinces him to like buy a farm, sell the business and buy a farm or whatever. So it's his rosebud basically. Yeah. And um, he like, he's like drunk because he's like, I guess, having moonshine with the neighbors or whatever, or cider or something like that. And he's like, oh, got to milk the cows before bed. And she's like, okay. Even though it's like, literally so bright out. I was like, who's going to bed? But (laughs) he goes, and there's a cow named Melissa and a cow named Melrose. And Melrose is a bull, so he's a male cow. And so he, like, first of all, his relationship with this cow is unhealthy, because he walks in and he rubs his face on the cow. He thinks it's Melissa, but it is Melrose. And he's like, oh, Melissa. Uh," Like, sexually, like, 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 I think there's, like, something more there. You know what oh. I mean? Did you not get that vibe? I don't remember it being that much, but I could have just... I could have missed it, though. Well, and then he, like, goes to milk the cow, but there's no udders. So, I guess he essentially jerks off the cow, and the cow kicks him through the barn and kills him. <laughs> and like, that's how... What a way to go. <laughs> really? That's how she loses... That's how she loses the third one. And yeah. this is when she. This is when the money accruing really gets. We're serious now. Yeah, she, she gets a hundred, a measly hundred and fifty million. A hundred and fifty million dollars, like, <laughs> and so then like after, and this is like the marriage where like we get the montage of like the wealth, the real opulence. That and first, all of those the first gowns. outfit is that it's got to be ostrich. It's like that pink. Yes. It, when she gets out of, she pulls out of the car. She put the car pulls up. It's this dream oh sequence. God. She gets out of this car and she's got this pink ostrich hat on and like this dress where the it's like off the shoulder, but the entire top of the dress is like pink ostrich. It is, it is just it's an exercise in opulence. These and feathers. Excess is what it's it is. like, it's it's amazing. It is like the most glamorous fucking Muppet you've ever seen in your entire it, life. It really is. Um. <laughs> I was gonna and say Miss Piggy s- could. I was gonna say Miss Piggy could never, but she totally could. And she uh, Miss Piggy and, could, and she would, and she and will. She'll show up here if I'm not careful. So I gotta be Absolutely. careful. Absolutely. So She'll you you care, careful what you say on this podcast. I know. I gotta put some respect on, on Miss Piggy's name. But um, that outfit's incredible. There's the all white one as well, where she goes blonde, oh, and yeah, she's got she's at the twig. stole. She's yeah. got that well, white stole. Like, yeah, it's oh, bigger yeah, it's than like a stole. A huge, it's a it's muff. A huge it's like a white, sorry. It's like a it's muff. A, it's like a a, a massive huge white muff. muff. 
Oh god. And <laughs> huge white mouth. Jane's Jane's name when she was on um what was it, Plenty of Fish? <laughs> Tinder. Um and I she looks amazing as a blonde because so she's good. like got this like white blonde hair, this entirely white outfit fit white fur collar the white fur muff and then these dark eyebrows and i just love the look of it all she just looks like money personified and she also looks at the camera with this look like yeah i did it like she looks at it like yeah i'm blonde now get into it you know it looks good any questions and, and what she and knows how like, fabulous she looks, and she's like, tell she's like telepathically communicating that to the viewers. Like, yeah, you're yeah. gagging. There's more to come though, so <laughs> calm down. Strap in. Strap and Brandon's in. like, is that her real hair? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, oh, how's this hair all grown from her, from her roots? Um, she has the really great yellow number. It's like all oh, yellow. Yes. It's got this capelet. It's like Trim- Jane's trying to remember all of them because there were so many. There's there were so, so many, many guys. This yellow and one is like, everything. And there's a different hairstyle for every look. Of course. There's a different hairstyle, a different wig, like a different look. It's like she looks like an entirely different person and yet very much like herself. You know? There's the, the elephant in the room. There's one cultural cultural appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> There is. I was wondering if we were going to mention that one. So she, it's this like, it's it's not necessarily the dress itself. It's how it's styled, I would say. And it's the hair. And so it's sort of like this, this um, vinyl bright red dress. Bright red plastic. Yeah, it looks like vinyl. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I would say it's vinyl. Like you, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's. Uh, it's a tight throughout the body, but then in, um, and it goes all the way down to like almost her ankles. And then in the middle, there's sort of this like puffed out peplum? skirt. Like it's almost like a yeah, peplum. It's almost like a peplum moment. It's so gorgeous. But they do style her with like, um, chopsticks in her hair and like a red fan to match and so you know what vibe they're trying to to hit and it is pretty cultural appropriate and you expect to see at least one thing in a movie from 1964 like that unfortunately and you know so you, it's almost it, it's almost like um you know you, you hope you hope that it's like relatively mild I always get nervous like you know what's the script like what are people gonna say you know and not that not that wearing something like this is any better but at least it's like you know there's something about horrifying language that hits a little deeper than like culturally appropriate. No, I feel you. It's like it, it's like racism light. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although still very impactful and bad and like should, Absolutely. Should, yeah. I say that. But I'm just no. saying like, yeah, no, it's like, oh, yeah. okay, let's keep it moving. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then there's the... It's, I, think, I think maybe, I think my white ass is like, oh, it's, it's easier to skate over. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. You get to decide, historically. Um, exactly, so, exactly. I'm just teasing you. Um, no, but the white dress that we mentioned earlier, it's the backless moment. It's everything. The mm-hmm. jewel going down literally into her butt crack. And it's just like, it's oh. so gaggy. If somebody wore this to any of these, if somebody wore any of these today, then like, 
people would be like vomiting on the red carpet because it's, it's be too much. In, with with like beauty, like this like this crystal encrusted one. It's the one. Okay, this is what a, I call like the like glamorous bride of Frankenstein. Yes, and she's got the jewels all through the hair too. Because she's got such high black hair, and she has that one like diamond piece running through her hair, like it runs like the her hair, gray yeah. stripe in oh. the Bride of Frankenstein. It's amazing, and then. It's just this white um, plunging neckline, totally like um, tight, jewel encrusted, um, gorgeous floor length moment um, column dress with like a, 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 a slit on the side. It's insane. It's insane. It's incredible. And then that green one that you were talking about, it's this green yes. one that has all the. And there's also, there are these quick montages within the montage of like the bedroom where there are yes. these moments where she's in the bedroom with Rod. And like there's a moment where like she's in this really like flowy, like it's it's almost like a negligee cover up, but it's green. It looks yes. like they may be ostrich feathers again. I'm not sure. But I actually think, well, maybe it is. Yeah, I think it is ostrich fe- feathers, but it's, it's yeah, it's, it's very gorgeous. vibrant, like seafoam green. It's, it's and then She's got, like, this baby doll dress that she puts on that's this, like, pastel, like, mm-hmm. almost like a blue. Um, and then she's got the one that's really that's really sexy, the black one. That's oh, like, my God, yes. It's, like, it's black, sheer. and it's got this, like... Yeah, it's almost got patent leather around, like, the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And the underwear underneath are, like, patent leather. Mm-hmm. It's really hot. Um, yeah. So, like, she's got all of these really great looks. She goes home. There's a moment after the montage where she goes back home and she's wearing this red hat with this. It's got the it's got it's a red. Um, it's a red hat that has like this scarf attached to it. That's red. The whole outfit's red mm-hmm. um, back at yeah. the mansion. And it is like a head like to a toe. red pants. Gloves, pumps, hat, it's the, it's, it's red the styling. It's the accessorizing that really yeah. like pushes it over the edge. And she's got a bright like a red lip because it's like this mm-hmm. is the mon- the monochromatic moment moments happening. Get into it. It's like, so fucking good. Um, there's also this really sexy moment in the montage where her and uh, Rod, played by Rod Mitchum, are in like this like champagne glass. Like yes. in like this massive champagne glass. Um and they're just It's like, like what you would see at like the end of a burlesque show. It's like, like it's oh, not even a champagne glass. It's like a coupe glass. It's like it, a Yeah, that is a champagne glass. Like that's for sure. It's like an old school yeah, coupe glass, which is like I think what I guess people, I yeah, I just wanted to it's not like a flute. Yeah. No, no, it's not a flute. It's a champagne glass, and there's like, they're like, it's like their bed, and they're it's, like, yeah, it's incredible. Tussled up in the sheets in there. It's amazing. It's it's incredible, and so this is so this is um all happening very like Dita Von like yes. moment, like high, yeah. like high burlesque, um. But yeah, so there's all of these, and then and then sort of like this marriage happens, and then after this marriage, she meets Pinky, and mm-hmm. so she's with Pinky, played by Gene Kelly, who did the choreography for the movie as well. Yeah. Um, they have this really incredible. Their montage is like this dance sequence. It's really wonderful. It's fantastic. Um, is that Shirley MacLaine singing? No, I don't think so. Okay, but I was McClane like, is, I didn't. I... has a beautiful voice, but I don't. But that's not her voice. That's... And at the and at the end, I think that like there's a moment where like the singing, this horrible singing starts. I yeah. think that's like sort of that's like her. the journey out of the fantasy. Yeah. Um, it's really, but it's this really fun dance routine that they do. Like 
It's like They're like, like um, they live on a houseboat, so it's very like yeah. um, nautical in nature. Uh, it's really it's really cheeky though. And then right after this is sort of like you know she he, he takes her to the she goes to the nightclub to watch him perform the first time. She's endeared to him. He's a it's Gene Kelly. He's got a beautiful voice. He does a beautiful. He's got a beautiful routine. voice, but he's dressed like a literal clown. You're he's like, dressed like you a doing? literal clown in like the middle of this <laughs> restaurant, and like Nobody's the patrons are trying to eat to their food and have their conversations. <laughs> Nobody's paying attention to him. He's doing this cute little routine. I mean, Louisa is paying attention, but she's the only person. And he's going up to the tables trying to interact with them. Nobody wants to interact with him. Um, but she falls in love with him. And then, like, cue them getting married. They have this really lovely life. Um, and then one night, they're, he is having, I think, a birthday party. And they bring all the groceries in. He's running behind. He doesn't have enough time to put on his full, like, clown makeup. And she says, why don't you just go out, like, dress like that? He's in this really lovely pair of, like, mauve pants with, like, a pink button-up and then, like, a gray, like, V-neck sweater over it. So he looks, mm-hmm. like, charming and, like, classy. He just looks like a very classy, like, you know, your classy dad who, like, crims. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. he's given that vibe. And she's sort of like, why don't you go out there and, like, just like that, you know? And Just casually. Like, and it's like, and so, this is the beginning of the end for her. And always. He goes out it's there always her casual suggestions. Her casual <laughs> suggestions. Once again, we've got her trying to, you know, upgrade him. Um, but not upgrade him at the same time. She's no, just like, oh, this she's be just cute. trying to help him. Yeah. Like, with the record with Paul Newman's character, she's like, oh, let's try let's try different type of music. And it's like, uh-oh. Um, <laughs> so, he goes out, he performs for the first time, the audience is enraptured by him, and it leads to him becoming this huge movie star, and, like, with this stardom comes, like, this huge ego, and, um... And they moved to Los Angeles. They moved to Los Angeles, and then his name, obviously his name was Pinky, he insists on the entire house being pink, so... From top to bottom, the pool water's pink, the pool is pink, everything is pink. Everything. There's there's this moment where she comes out in one of like the hottest bathing suits ever. Okay, we need to talk about these there are two bathing suits that I'm obsessed with that like if only. So there's the first one before they paint the the house pink. And it's like it's this like it's a bikini, so it's like a crop top basically, but it's long sleeve lace. And it's, crazy. it's like high neck, long sleeve lace, and then like stops right underneath her boobs. And then the bikini bottoms are just these this white lacy number with this like tiny little skirt over it. It is the cutest fucking bathing suit I've ever seen. It's so and adorable. She looks incredible in it. And then the second one is a structural marvel. I do not understand how it stays on her body. So it's it's hard it's, to explain. <laughs> it's a regular so the 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 regular black bikini bottoms. Yes. And the top is like a black bandeau top. But instead of it going all the way around her back, it then goes like behind her and like over her head so that it's around her neck the opposite way if that makes sense so it's so she's totally backless but it's collared around the front of her neck and it like goes through her armpits and over her head onto her neck it is and then you see it from the back and it's like the sexiest thing you've ever seen and 
I was like, I don't understand. I personally have enormous boobs, so there's no way I could ever wear anything like this unless I wanted to consistently be flashing everybody. But whatever it is, she makes it work. It's it's incredible. It's hot. And I've still never seen a yes. bathing suit that really, I've honestly, never. looks like either of these. No. And so it's really wild. That first white one, I feel like I could totally see, like, Rihanna wearing it. Absolutely. Um, or the second one. The second one is, like, it's... I, I, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's, like, le- like from a logistical standpoint, like... If anybody actually tried to wear this in terms of practical life, it would just be like boobs popping out. So it's just like looking just... at it, it seems like this could only be worn for like a magazine cover shoot, and then like you have to like you can't go in the water with that unless something you like want editorial swim. for sure. Yeah, unless you want to swim topless. There's a moment where like this man who's like gone crazy painting everything pink is like in the backyard, <laughs> this painter, and he's painting everything, and then she comes out and she she lays down on this um this chair this like beach chair that's like set up outside she lays down on in her black bathing suit to like read a magazine mm-hmm. and he turns and looks at her with this like crazed look in his eye and this like this paintbrush in his hand because he's just like you're not pink like i'm gonna have to paint you pink too it's so funny and she, he's like, like drunk away. on the fumes of paint he's, or something yeah, absolutely you know yeah. he was um because you know that we, she was led oh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, and it's literally peppered with asbestos. It's like, why? <laughs> um, so this all happens. She's quickly not happy. Pinky's obsessed with himself. And then we go to um, the movie premiere. Um, so there's Pinky's big movie premiere. So our girl... Wait, can I just say something about the movie premiere? Yes. So w- when we see Pinky and he's talking about... Um, their they're like, oh, his like team is behind him, and you can tell he's become very self obsessed, and he's got sunglasses on, and he's just talking like he hadn't talked before. And they're like, oh, I think we should really cut the movie down. And he goes, five and a half hours is not too long for a Pinky Benson fan. And I was like, I feel like that's how Brandon and I approach our podcast. <laughs> if you're a real, if you're a real hardcore fan who's been here since the beginning. <laughs> on movies we miss it? No, 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 no. We're not doing 40 minute episodes for you. <laughs> for the MWMs out there? No, for no, the no, 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 sweetie. We will talk until we are, we are done. <laughs> oh, and just Against so we're clear. all advice. <laughs> and just so we're clear, so you understand the kind of disrespect and like th- what's going on behind the scenes. I just got a message from a disgusting producer that says... <laughs> Um, essentially, he's calling into question the fact that we have any fans at all. Um, <laughs> the first delusion is that you have fans, is the quote. From, by the way, the person who helps make this podcast a reality. To know that that's what's... I, I just want you all to know that like it's a testament to our ability, our professionalism. The way that we come here prepared to work under any circumstances, that a mm-hmm. person like that is still... Uh, still on the crew. It's still essentially on the able to abuse us while we're here making our art. Thank you very much. As artists, it's too talk- much, and it's gone on for too long. And I'm I'm done with this shit. I mean, I don't necessarily think like I I think originally it was maybe not within the plan to have like an on air firing, but like I do feel like I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> I think whatever snowballed here is is worth hashing out in front of all of our fans, David. Yeah, someone's aching for a pink slip. 
Keep it up. <laughs> I'm going to tighten this ship. Gosh darn it. Um, so she gets out of the car um, in this <laughs> outfit kidding, that has so inspired Lil' Kim's and Nicki Minaj's, I'm sure, without them even knowing it. Without, yeah, um, from every corner of the world. <laughs> it, it, she gets out in this, it's just pink. It, can you describe it, it? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it is, okay, first of all, the hair is pink and it's cotton candy pink and it is an updo with lots of um perfectly placed curls on top of her head and a nice swoop in front of her head in front of her forehead so we get the full fantasy of the hair and then we scroll down we see her um her diamond earrings and then we go further down and we see that she is in a literal floor-length pink fur overcoat. And look, I'm not pro-fur. I, I, I don't like to wear fur. I would not wear fur. Um, But I'll tell you what. <laughs> if someone handed me this coat and said, this is yours, I would literally move into it. It's so and good. live there. It's beautiful. And it just looks so soft to touch. And then underneath there is um, this gorgeous strapless um, pink floor length It's just pink down. It's got these jewels right yeah. going down the, the front of it. Right at yeah. the... Um, yeah, right, right across like the bus line. There's like these really gorgeous like um, crystals. Yeah, cl- cluster of down. rhinestones, Ugh. whatever it is. It's beautiful. And just... she looks beautiful. And Pinky is in a black tux with a white tie. And he's got a cape. And the lining of the cape is um, pink satin. And they just look incredible together. I mean, yeah, it's... they look like money, you know? They yeah, they look like, like money, and I love mula. it. Um, and honestly, this would be such a good couple's Halloween costume if you could. Absolutely, talk about like what the gayest, like most niche <laughs> Halloween costume in the world. Oh, which I'm is why Louisa I think May- you and I should do it. I'm Louisa May Foster, and he's Pinky Vincent. You know, <laughs> you know, from what a way to go. received 1964 <laughs> uh, film. What a way to go. These are inspired costumes. Don't you get it, silly? <laughs> Famously for, right. referred to as a Thanksgiving feast for the eyes. <laughs> yeah, literally walked, li- literally talking to somebody who's dressed like everybody else in a Squid Game costume this year. Um, <laughs> trying to explain the nuance that went to you, pick, you picking out your outfit. Um, so, yeah, so it's, out. there's this really great moment where, I mean, Pinky, it, well, the thing is that, like, I guess, me, me, everybody's sort of killed by the thing that they crave the most. So it's like, Pinky's killed by his adoring fans. They're like getting ready to leave this premiere and he can't help himself. He waves on his fans and there's this, like, they start playing like rhino music as like all of these fans start running towards him and he starts trying to book it when he realizes that it's a horde of people coming in his direction for autographs. And they literally like trample him to death, which obviously it's, it's plays a comedic effect and like all you see yeah. is this tiny little shard of like the the pink fabric from the in the inner lining <laughs> of his cape and 
Our girl makes another 30 mil in the process. So get into it. <laughs> um, she you has, but, uh, but it's like on the stipulation that like she opened this pinky Benson Memorial that's going to play his movies like 24 hours a day in a 15,000 seat theater. Which is wild to think about that. That is so many people. That's a stadium. It's a stadium. It's a stadium. Um, but that's like the all of that, and then she'll get she'll get her thirty mil. So I'm sure our girl did it because she, she doesn't, doesn't ever say it. no to this money. I'm sure there's plenty I mean, of these lawyers obviously she she could have been like, quote unquote, no. hates it. Exactly. Here's the thing. I wish somebody offered me 150 million. To, oh my god, <laughs> Jane, you would never see me again. Brandon. Guess guess who would fucking find you? Oh God, I know you would. You know you wouldn't shake me like a goddamn booger. I would be literally on to you like a parasite, and you know it. I know you would. Same girl. I know. I know. I know. I do. Although all you have to do is call ADT, ADT, and be like, "Oh, there's (laughs) dark on the block. I need you to get your boys over here." We got ourselves a quote-unquote uninvited guest, and a large noir is on my part. <laughs> large noir? What are these fucking euphemisms for racism? <laughs> Calling the police and reporting a large noir is... He's like, the- uh, a neighborhood homeboy seems to have found <laughs> his way onto my property. I keep yelling out the window, there's no basketball court here. We got ourselves I, a regular Antoine Fisher, if you get what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the Denzel Washington movie either. <laughs> get him off of my property. <laughs> That's what would happen. Jane literally just chucking like handfuls of watermelon at me through the window. Oh my this god! This should keep him at bay. <laughs> it's awful. It's No, Brandon, I win, you win. That's how I've always been. It better be that way. With you, baby boy. I with if that's the way it would be with me, you would run for me so quickly. You'd try to hide, but you couldn't do it. Okay. I wouldn't let you. Um I will say though, if you if you look at this movie through a different context, like let's say a dateline episode, mm-hmm. I would start looking in to I thought the Our girl, same after husband thing. number two. I, yeah, I <laughs> like, never thought. I didn't think it before, but this time watching, I thought to myself, "There's been one detective showing up on the scene to get do a quick Q and A." Yeah, no, nobody. She's at she's at every lawyer's office in her best black with her fit with her veil on, mourning her dear husband, collecting the coin. And no, it's because it's a white woman. It has not rung alarm bells for anybody and i just like these deaths these deaths are okay a couple of them are not questionable like you can't Mm -hmm. question the pinky one you can't really i mean there wouldn't be a reason really to question the edgar one she could have hired the stampede you never know but like i feel like the the like the horse or the the cow kicking him to death like that's questionable and Mm -hmm. also like the machine that kills paul newman's character is also the painting machines questionable that's a little bit like okay but i guess if you've got good counsel then hopefully they'll they'll make these these problems disappear 
Um, the first death is questionable too because he just drops Edgar just drops dead in his office but the thing is she could have been slowly poisoning him I was enough investigation discovery to figure out that like you can do these things from miles away and still get what you want Absolutely. Every time and so, I, I think about it, when people talk if I, about... If like, I was watching this as a Dateline episode, I would have a lot of suspicions about Louisa. Whenever anybody's talking to me about, like, you know, oh, it's so beautiful. Like, they live on, like, these these acres of land by themselves. It's always a part of me is like, oh, that's so cute. And the other part of me is like, mm. <laughs> in the middle of You never know what can happen. That's my... Oh, do I have a Keith Morrison Do I have a Keith Morrison accent? Do I have a Keith Morrison voice? Out in the middle of nowhere. Nobody no. to question what's going on. Let's see if she ends up, to, you know, the the bride. The cadence is the right, but hell. the sound is not right. Oh, idyllic small town, Crawleyville, Ohio. She was the town beauty queen, and okay, we're getting better. She, sto- the t- she was the town beauty queen. She stole a few pageants and a few hearts. <laughs> That's it's, really it's not horrible. That was no, that was my legit my first time ever doing it. it so like, it did get better. It did get better. I think if you work on it. Like exactly. um so then so this guy so this so this guy he dies and then we've got her we've got her final husband she's leaving her therapist's office and he's the janitor at the therapist's office um oh no she's not leaving her therapist has like her therapist passes out and I don't understand then, what the par- the therapist passes out all the time I don't get what that device he, is yeah he's not he's just supposed to be like he needs to be, no he needs just, to be disbarred yeah um, he's out <laughs> I don't of think you can I think I don't think I think that's for a lawyer I think you oh you're right medical license well, we, gotta, we should start like there's gotta be something he's got his medical license revoked yeah mm-hmm. um and then so he comes into the room it's a janitor and it's none other than Lawrence Crawley from the I'm sorry Leonard Crawley from Leonard the beginning Crowley, played by yeah. Dean Martin and mm-hmm. um they make contact and he's sort of finally he's had how his how old pie. is Dean Martin in this role uh 47 so he was the same yeah. age as Mitchum, I think. Okay. So they were the, they were older, um, but Gene was the oldest. But um, yeah, so Dean Martin's here. Also, by the way, apparently F- Frank Sinatra was originally supposed to play the Robert Mitchum part, which I think Robert, Mi- but he wanted way too much money. Apparently Robert Mitchum, <laughs> I mean, I think Robert Mitchum was a, was better for the part, though, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I he fits the part better. I don't really know. I don't think I've ever seen Frank Sinatra act in anything. I've only he's got. I mean, he's got a lot of charisma. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. not really. He's not really building characters so much as like is like playing the movie star that he is, which is great. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think Mitchum brought a lot of like just weight. He was great. It was really nice. He's wonderful. Yeah, he's an icon. Um, yeah. Also, he came in to do the movie. He had done Kate Fear with the director of this film, and so mm-hmm. and him and Shirley MacLaine had just done a film together the year before. So he was really excited to be a part of it. So, um, and they have really wonderful chemistry. She she's really she has really great chemistry with everyone in the movie, though. Um, mm-hmm. So she ends up marrying <laughs> Leonard Crawley, and then like there's a moment at the end. They've had a couple of kids. They're living this really like you know charming life out in like the outskirts in this small little house, which is also like, girl, don't think I forgot that you've got hundreds of million dollars in the bank. You have hundreds of millions of dollars. I'll never like, forget I, it. I'll never forget it. I'll never um, forget it. Also, so, where did that redheaded child come from? Because that's not either of theirs. <laughs> Mama's baby, daddy's maybe. You know the game. Um, so she, so she's inside with the kids, and then like her husband's outside doing work, farm work, and he ends up sh- striking a line, and all this oil shoots out, and so the ground is covered in oil. They're all covered in oil. She has this moment where she's like, "Oh no! Like we're gonna run it. We're gonna be in the money again." And then it's these, like you already are in the you, money. You, you couldn't be. <laughs> you richer. couldn't be more in the money. And like and <laughs> she's like it. so Stop worried that like the. Bad thing. 
that the quote unquote Enough. curse is going to continue. Yeah, because... they have a quote unquote curse. Yeah, yeah. which is like okay. Yeah, go well, talk to I... the, go talk to the the characters from Angela's Ashes about your curse. <laughs> Something tells me they're willing to trade spots with you. So she's really she's really upset about about more money because that's a thing. Um, she's worried she's gonna lose him. She's worried she's gonna lose him to the game, and then these two gentlemen show up, and they they reveal that like their line was the the line was struck. It's their line, and like they don't. It's have their money. pipeline, and it's their pipeline. It, yeah, and he like and, broke the pipeline, so the, and then, there's yeah, not and so actually oil in the property. Exactly, and so they're all like they're like really happy all of a sudden because they're like, oh, we're still poor. Although you're not, baby, because that money's still in the bank. You still got a solid nine figures in the bank. So enough. And literally the last line she says to her husband is, my wonderful, wonderful failure. <laughs> I was like, girl, he's the... You, you, you <laughs> save that for a 25-year speech at your 25-year um, wedding anniversary. <laughs> you know, those sweet nothings. She's great those at them, nothings. I guess. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful joke. You, my, my sweet husband who came for money, but couldn't hold on to it but couldn't hold on to it like a piece of shit there's something so charming about that especially about, with me knowing that we're living everything in this, yeah especially knowing that we're living in this dumpster and i've got 200 million in the bank <laughs> just sitting there something about it just funny. sitting there and you're living in like a crappy farmhouse like at least live in a nice fucking house you want nice to be a mansion right? yeah yeah but like treat yourself girl you've earned it you've literally had four dead husbands yeah, absolutely. Fifth times the charm. A lot hopefully. of emotional. I mean, I'm willing to go on that ride. I'm just saying. <laughs> Me too. I'll, I'll do everything I need to do to come out sadder but wiser. If it's gonna include 200 million dollars, and Dave would do. want that for me anyway. Yeah, exactly, because he'd meet up with you at the end. <laughs> oh, see you at the crossroads. Crossroads. But, like, not heaven. Body. I mean, like, once all of your husbands die and you have a nine-figure um, bank account, then Dave would be like, all right, let's get back together now. Don't you think? Is he not going to be one of the husbands that dies? What just happens to him? Is he fake his death? Oh, I don't know. I just assume, like... <laughs> Right he's now. giving me that Lucy you got some explaining to do look alright um, so I alive. assume like if we're hatching the plan now you guys like go through like a, a faux divorce so that you can put yourself on the market and for then at wealthy the end, suitors to start getting some, real, some real dough and then find mm-hmm. him at the end okay that's cute I'll do although that. I, I yeah although I can't imagine Keith Morrison not showing up and, and um, poking around Brandon Greenhouse let's not do look live for a condo on the beach Love for his husband, that's what it Well, you know, they soon divorced. Couldn't see eye to eye. But he had his eyes on a different prize. Came by the way of Jasper Johnson, <laughs> local Slim Jim tycoon. And with this marriage came more than beef. There came cheddar. Uh, $100 million. You didn't. You'd end up in jail before you could meet back up with Dave, for sure. Uh, you'd see to it. I'd make sure you get anything. If I end up in jail, you just Why need to keep I... your mouth shut, Jane. Why I would I world, see to it when I can benefit from you being $100 million? You remember that. I Always. Always, baby boy. Always. <laughs> so anyway, that is the movie. Um, Jane, it I'll go ahead sure and ask is. you, is this a movie that you would watch again? 
Mm-hmm. I would. I actually really, in particular, would like to watch it with my sister. I feel like she would like it. Oh, that'd be fun. I feel. Yeah. Oh, I would love to watch this movie with the Hammers. I feel like this would be mm-hmm. so much fun to watch. It. I just yeah, always want to think... be around Nanham and and Bill. I yeah. I love. I love and I think my parents, brother and his hu- and his husband would like it too. I think so I too. I feel like I feel like I feel like all of the Hammers would like this movie. I don't know why. I just have a feeling it would be a fun movie for us to watch together. I know she's listening because she's our girl. I really think that Alice. I. Th- thought about Alice actually mm-hmm. after when I was watching it I was like I feel like Alice would really enjoy this so I wonder Alice I if hope you enjoyed this I hope you enjoyed this one me too I wonder if you've seen it and I will continue to wonder until you tell me I know you'll watch it before the episode comes out because honestly there is no one more loyal to this podcast than Alice who watches every single movie before she you. starts listening we love you we, we love, love you. we love Megan we love you too Yes, and we love, I mean, we love all of our loyalists. We love all of our listeners. These are, just, just, these are just the ones that we hear from. We um, just the ones that we hear from, but as you all know, if you communicate with us on, we'll be sure to give you shout outs if anybody mm-hmm. wants to send us, you know, any information or suggestions or anything like that. As mm-hmm. we said earlier, you can find us, you know, on Twitter at MWM Chat, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed, and we look forward to hearing um, from all of you lovely people. And don't um, be shy. We like to have conversations no. with you. And I think like um, uh, like uh, we people do start conversations with us, and those are really fun. But we want to encourage it more because um, you know we like to keep the conversation. Oh please! And then on our literally and can't follow stop us. Talking. I'm so sorry. And I didn't mean to cut you off, Jane. I love you. No. Um, and follow us on IG and like you can comment on the posts that we put up about the movies too. If mm-hmm. there's anything that we talked about in the episode that stuck out to you or anything that you want to, you know, expound upon or whatever, then please feel to share. And if you watch the movies after we've talked about them and they've like, you know, in some way like, you know, grabbed your interest, then please let us know about it. We'd love to hear those stories mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, please let us know. We love to hear from you. Always. And yeah. uh, Jane, I am curious, do you have a movie for me um, next week? I do. And I'm very excited about this one. Um, <laughs> I'm always excited about the ones that I choose. But I think um, I think this is going to be a good series for us. Um, you know, I love to do those series. Um, I'm going to have you, for next week, watch the first installment of... The Hunger Games. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. Okay. Oh my God. So, I... all I know about that movie is mm-hmm. literally all I know about that movie is Shailene Woodley. Nope. <laughs> it's better than Je- you don't know. No, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. And I will say, or do you not want me to say anything? Uh, you don't well, have to say anything. Okay. Well, uh, the reason why I'm choosing it is because I think it's interesting. It came out or was like churning out around the same time as like Twilight was ending. And I think Mm -hmm. they get mixed together a lot, but there's like very clear um, differences between the two. And I'm really excited to. I remember. I remember you auditioning for this movie. I remember you auditioned for the Jennifer Lawrence role. And I think they went a different direction. Then Yeah. I'm still waiting to hear, so <laughs> fingers crossed, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean hearing you say what you just said, my fingers are crossed for you as well. <laughs> Anyways, so
So thank you guys for listening to us talk about uh, What a Way to Go. It was super fun. Uh, we hope you watch it. Uh, please do. Please watch it. It is a wild ride of a movie and you won't regret it. Um, we love you. We look forward to seeing you next week for The Hunger Games. I have a. I do want to say, I want to change our sign off because Dave pointed out that so many podcasts end with people going, bay, bay. So really? I want to, yeah, it's apparently it's a thing. So I kind of want to change it. So Okay, what do you want to change it? I just want to, just follow suit, Jane. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> and, okay. you know, we look forward to seeing you on the other side. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> do I need to say that now? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, am I saying thank you all for listening? No, just say bye bye after I say bye bye. Okay, how about I do it differently? You do your version, and I'm going to do my okay, version. Okay, okay. Thank you all for listening. We, we love you guys so much, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. I don't know, I panicked. <laughs> We'll talk until we were done.